Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks game is over. And now... It's time for the longest-running Pro Hoops post-game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. You know, I feel good. I always can get better. But, you know, I know I know myself. I know how usually it goes. You know, uh, if I'm healthy, things are going to be okay. The head coach. Um, you know, offensively, I think, you know, we make a few more shots. Could be dangerous. And the fans. You got a guy in Giannis. He's just, like, the most likable human being. And all the other people fall in line with that. Everybody kind of takes it after him. And it just it's really positive to see that. That be the team that we give. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North. Now, here's your host, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, on 105.7 FM, The Fan. I should not be getting mad over a meaningless basketball game. Should be. I should not care one way or the other about a meaningless basketball game. The Bucks lose to Toronto 114 to 106. Good evening. I am Sparky. Sam Schmitz producing tonight. Mayor Mitch Ross off. Tim Allen will be here after the Brewers game is done. They're already down four to one in the third to the Twins at Miller Park. He'll be here later tonight with Bayview Shade and Blind postgame show. On this show, we'll have Sidney Moncrief, Bucks legend. He'll join us uh, coming up here probably in the very first segment of the show like he usually does. We'll talk with Matt Velasquez and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel uh, towards the end of the show, like we always do. Why am I mad? You know who you're playing in the first round. You know. Playing the Orlando Magic. The Toronto Raptors, they know who they're going to play. They're going to play the Brooklyn Nets. So they know that this means nothing. So they sit Kyle Lowry. Yeah, no Kyle Lowry in the game. No, no Kyle Lowry. Van Vliet, no, no, no. He didn't He didn't play either. No Van Vliet. Mm-mm. You, the box, sit Giannis because, well, he's having tooth surgery, which apparently they brought a dentist to the bubble uh, to do the surgery on Giannis so he didn't have to get quarantined. That's a nice little perk. I want somebody to explain to me why exactly Bledsoe and Middleton are playing as long as they did. Like, why did Middleton come out in the second half? You can kind of argue with me that Bledsoe needs to get stretched out a little bit. He just played 30-some minutes the other night. 
played 30 again tonight in a meaningless basketball game. You can argue, trying to get Bledsoe going. Trying to get it, find its rhythm offensively. Okay. I guess I kind of get that. Middleton, there's no excuse. Just none. None whatsoever. 25 minutes for Middleton. 25 minutes for Brooke Lopez. You could argue the same thing with Brooke Lopez. Why is Brooke Lopez playing that much time? This is going to be a back-to-back. Now, what happens tomorrow? Because tomorrow night's the Wizards. And then Thursday is going to be Memphis. And please, 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 I don't want to hear, well, we don't want to roll over for Memphis because they're playing for something. So we're going to have to play all of our guys so they have a fair shot at this. I don't want to hear that either. Look, you didn't make the schedule. This isn't your problem at all. So come Thursday, if you decide you don't want to play Middleton and Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Bledsoe, good, then don't. Let's not run Giannis 30-some minutes just because because Memphis might be playing for something on Thursday. Let's not do that. Tomorrow night against the Wizards. You want to play Giannis? Go ahead. 20 minutes. Out you go. We're done. And now you can sit until we get back into playing. Because again, you're not going to play again until, what, Monday or Tuesday for the playoffs. Because the play-in game in the Western Conference are going to be Saturday and Sunday, it looks like. So your last game is going to be 3 in the afternoon Central Time, 4 o'clock Florida Time, coming up on Thursday afternoon. So you have two games left. So the question is simple. How much should these starters play the last two games of the regular season here before the postseason starts on Monday? Maybe some of you disagree with me. Maybe some of you think Giannis, Bledsoe, Milton should play their normal 30, 32, 35 minutes the last two games. I'm not there. I want them rested. That's what I want. Plain and simple. Not that hard to figure out. That's what I want. How about you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1057FMTheFan. How did tonight's game add up? Let's go inside the box score. On the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. And see what your favorite players did in today's game. Presented by Autos Wine and Spirits. Locally owned, offering the widest selection of beer, wine, and liquor with everyday low prices at their seven Milwaukee locations. AutosWineAndSpirits.com All right, let's go inside the box. Bucks lose 114-106 to 106 to the Toronto Raptors. No Giannis, as I said. Had surgery on one of his teeth. Chris Middleton, 25 minutes, 6 of 12 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 17 points, 4 boards, 3 assists, and 4 turnovers for Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez, 25 minutes, 4 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 5 from 3-point range, 3 of 3 from the line, 12 points, 1 board, 1 assist, 1 block, 1 turnover for Brooke Lopez. Eric Bledsoe, 30 minutes, high-minute uh, person on the box, 4 of 11, 1 of 3 from 3, 2 of 7 from the line. That's atrocious. That, that's got to stop. 11 points, 7 boards, 8 assists, 1 block, 2 turnovers. Wesley Matthews got hurt immediately, ended up riding on the exercise bike for a little while there on the side. Uh, no word yet, or at least I haven't seen any word. I'll see if I can find something out for you on Wes Matthews. Maybe Budenholzer will tell us uh, in the post. Pat Connaughton, 21 minutes, 4 of 8 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. Two of two from the line, 12 points, five boards, two assists, one steal, and one turnover. Bench uh, play, 28 minutes for Dante DiVincenzo, 
two for nine from the floor, zero of three from three, two of two from the line, six points, nine boards, one assist, one steal, one block, five turnovers. Nothing to write home about from DiVincenzo. Now, something to write home about, Kyle Korver, five of six from the field, all from three-point range, four of four from the line, 19 points, four boards, two assists, a steal, three turnovers. Uh, if he goes five of six from three, and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Bucks aren't getting beat. Uh, George Hill, uh, 19 minutes, 5 of 11 from the floor, 4 of 8 from 3-point range. That's nice to see him shooting the ball again well from outside. 14 points for him, 2 boards, 3 assists, and 1 turnover. 20 minutes for Marvin Williams, 1 of 2 from the floor. Those were both 3-point attempts. 3 points, 5 boards, 2 assists, a block, and 1 turnover. Robin Lopez, 16 minutes, 0 of 2 from the floor, 1 of 4 from the free throw line. One point, four boards, one assist, one block, and one turnover. DJ Wilson, zero of three from the field. All were three-pointers. Two of two from the line. He had two points, two assists, and one rebound for DJ Wilson. Ursan Ilyasova, two of seven in 18 minutes of play. Zero of three from three. Five of six from the line. Nine points, seven boards, one block shot, no turnovers for Ursan Ilyasova. Uh, in this one, Sterling Brown, four minutes, zero of one from three for him. He had one steal. Shooting 39.2%, or 3%, I should say, for the Bucks. 43.3 for Toronto. 14 of 43 from deep, uh, 32.6% for Milwaukee. 12 of 40 for Toronto. Free throw line, 26 of 35. Good for 74.3% for the Bucks. Only 26 free throw attempts for Toronto. 18 of 26 rebounds uh bucks get beat there 55 to 49 on the night assist 25 24 bucks advantage there uh turnovers 19 for the bucks only 13 for toronto once again turnovers a big issue but again meaningless game 114 106 uh the win tonight for the toronto raptors vince in anaheim you're next on the fan good evening vince hey what's up what's up man you know i had to call it even though this game didn't mean nothing you know, I had to call in to get you ready for that bitter taste that my Raptors might leave in y'all mouths again. Why are you? Are you? Did you all trade for Kawhi Leonard? I missed it. Uh, hey, hey, see, did, did you? Did I miss that? Everybody, hey, this is the bubble, baby. There's no home court advantage, baby. This is. This yeah, is but there's still a superstar advantage, back. Vince. It's a superstar. It's a superstar <laughs> league. You don't have hey, one. Hey, it's all good, man. Hey, we'll see what happens, man. May the best team win. But you know, like you know, like you said, I completely agree with you, Sparky. Y'all should have rested your guys. Look at the Lakers, man. My Lakers too. They rested their guys. They already lost like three straight. But they already clinched. You guys already clinched what you had to do. Right. You know, you got you got the number one seed. So this, you should let your young guys. You should let your your, your bench players go, so you can see what they can provide when it is really crunch time. You know what I mean? Get them, get the rust off their, you know, their shooting arms and all that good stuff. So I didn't completely agree with you, Sparky. That's why my Raptors, you know, they resting their guys. We know it's going to be an uphill battle. We ain't got no superstar. We ain't got no Giannis. But, hey, wait, we might shut you down again. And Vince, but, hey. Vince, <laughs> Vince, I got a question for you. So are you a baseball fan or just a basketball fan? I like I like baseball. I like all, I like all, so, all the sports. So who do you watch in baseball? Baseball, I mean, I, I watch uh, the, the Angels, the Giants, and the Brew Crew, of course. And the Brew Crew. The Brewers. Well, look, dude, I mean, considering you're a Raptors and a Lakers fan, probably should start getting into baseball a little bit more now. You probably <laughs> should start getting into baseball a little bit more. Vince. That's, that's all I'm going to say, man. I mean, you got an old old LeBron James. Oh. You got old Rajon Rondo, broken down shooters on the outside. You got one guy that could shoot for the Lakers. They're not going out of the West. That's not happening. And Toronto's not beating the Bucks in the East. So 
Oh, I mean, okay. I'm just okay. saying. Just I mean, like last year, just like last year. Right. <laughs> go, go watch the Mike Trout and uh, and enjoy life. Yeah. Hey, remember though, still NBA champions until we dethrone them. I still so can't believe the Bucks blew that there last year. I'm still heartbroken. You know, yeah. I told you, to put those brooms away. Oh, the brooms should have <laughs> happened, Vince. They should have happened, Vince. Hey, like I always say, though, man. You know, they made the best team win. If I lose, I'll be a little bitter about it. <laughs> I'll be bitter about it, man, but we got to get it done. This is our destiny. We got to get that back to back. And nobody believes in the Raptors. They believe in the Bucks. A lot of people believe the Bucks, Bucks Clippers, Bucks Clippers. That's yep. what they, they say the finals are going to be. But yep. you got to watch out for the Lake Show. The Lake Show get in there. You know, I got I to gotta say love to the Lake Show, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there was a senior circuit in the NBA, I'd give the Lakers some love. Uh, cool. <laughs> hey, man. LeBron does. You got to do it. You got to get one championship for us. You know? Yeah. All right, Vince. I'll talk to you later, buddy. Right, peace. There he is, Vincent Anaheim, our resident uh, Lakers and Toronto Raptors fan that calls in. And uh, yeah, last last year, uh, playoffs, I, I'm on the air going, get out the brooms. This baby's over. There's no chance the Raptors are coming back in this series. It's done. No, no, it wasn't done. It's time to get the perspective of tonight's game from a Hall of Famer. I love the city of Milwaukee, the Bucks organization. A Bucks legend. It's all about the game, and I'm just blessed to be a part of the great game of basketball. Sidney Moncrief joins the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Check out their new and certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz vehicles off of I-43 North at Silver Spring Drive on AM 1250 and 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, joining us now, as you heard, Sidney Moncrief on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, first things first, your thoughts on what you saw tonight between the Bucks and the Raptors. I like the way both teams compete, competed. I'm sorry, but one thing was very obvious tonight, Sparky. You're not going to say what? Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Go ahead. I've got my own complaints about this game that I'll, uh, I'll vent to you in a little bit. What, okay. what was the obvious well, thing? Well, the Toronto is a better basketball team than the Bucks. Oh, here we go. Even even if they're healthy right now, the Toronto Raptors, they're the best team in the East. Come on, and stop. That was an eye opener. Do you, do you and Vince in Anaheim are you guys friends? Is that what this is? I got to listen to him yab about the Raptors, and now I get the legendary Buck guy on, and you're telling me about the Raptors. Well, I just believe I'm a Bucks fan, true and true. But I'm just talking about what I saw. <laughs> I saw a team that's better uh, tonight, and even without two of their top players. They're just a more solid team. They play at a, a little higher level. They have more guys playing quality basketball than the Bucks do right now. I'll tell you what I saw. I saw a Bucks team that never should have played Middleton the minutes they played him. Bledsoe never should have played the minutes he played. Brooke Lopez shouldn't have either. This game meant absolutely nothing for both sides, and that's why the Raptors said, you know what? We're not going to play Kyle Lowry in this game. There's really no need. Van Vliet, you can sit too. I'm surprised they didn't sit Siakam. There was talk before the game he might sit too. They realized this was a meaningless basketball game, as should have the Bucs. No such thing thing as a meaningless game. Never. Ever. And and even even though I know they set their players, they still want to win that ball game. They felt pretty confident that they can compete with those guys out of the lineup, as did the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I know the game did not count as far as the standings. Yeah, CDs are locked. But anytime you know you're going to play someone possibly in the playoffs, there's no meaningless games. They're all important. 
Even psychologically, they're important. I think once Giannis went out, the Raptors then decided, once they, because the Bucks announced first that Giannis was out with the tooth surgery or whatever that he had in the bubble. Once that happened, I think Nick Nurse said, okay, well, I, this isn't going to be a playoff preview necessarily. We're not, they're not going to have their best. So I think he decided to rest a couple of his guys too. Now, my question to you is this then. So now tomorrow is Washington. And Thursday is Memphis. Now, Thursday is a, a 3 o'clock Central uh, start, 4 o'clock in Florida start. That's the last game. But then your first playoff game, we still don't know when that is, but it's going to be Monday or Tuesday, uh, one of those days. How would you, if you were on this coaching staff, how would you want to go about the minutes played for Bledsoe, Middleton, Lopez, and Giannis these last two games? Bledsoe needs to play minutes. Bledsoe is not sharp. He's not as sharp as he needs to be. It's not like the old days where the normal rotation, you might have six or seven days to get sharp in practice. That's not the case. You're in the bubble. You're going to stop playing on a certain date. You're going to start playing about three or four days later. Bledsoe needed the minutes. He needs to play. He needs to get his rhythm and his confidence. Middleton needs to keep his game sharp. Giannis needs to play. He needs to keep his game sharp. You just don't play them heavy minutes, but they do need to play basketball. Because Giannis averages... Giannis averaged 30 minutes, which aren't heavy minutes, and that's what he averaged in the regular season. So if we're talking about these two games here, tomorrow and Thursday, what, 20 minutes maybe? 15 to 20 minutes. I'm in. I'm in. If that's what it is, I'm good. I won't complain. He plays like 32, 33 minutes tomorrow or Thursday. I'm going to lose my mind again. Because one thing we're, we're, we're seeing, Sparky, I know you're seeing it. I know I'm seeing it, is they're not in condition. And it's not anybody's fault. They just hadn't played as many ball games. So you have to play some real basketball minutes just to get your conditioning sure. down a little better than what we're seeing. And I I, I think the coaching staff will play them some. Now, I really do. Now, I'll tell you the difference. You're a former player. I'm not. You're a former coach. I'm not. So from a fan perspective, I look at it and I say, man, you've got Orlando in the first round. Like, you can get your conditioning in that series. That'll be fine. But I'm a scaredy cat. Right, I don't want my guys in any situation where they could get hurt if they don't need to be in that situation. So from that standpoint, I'm just trying to get to the playoffs as healthy as possible and not get anybody hurt in a meaningless basketball game. From a fan standpoint, that's how I approach it, much differently than how a coach or a player would approach it. Yeah, and rightfully so. I can see your point. You certainly want your team healthy. Health is very, very important. But if you're healthy and if you're not sharp, if you're not in condition – even in the first round, it's going to be very difficult. Confidence drives how well you do in the playoffs. Confidence is driven by how well you play. You have to start playing well, in my opinion, before the playoffs. Now you go into Orlando. Orlando is just not a total lie down. They've been playing teams really close. They hadn't won a lot of games. so They've been playing Toronto up to six points. Another team they lost by four points. They've been really hanging in these ball games. The Bucks clearly a better team, should win that series, but I just think you need to keep your players sharp. Wes Matthews went out uh, early in this game with a right leg injury. I haven't heard the details or seen the details on uh, how severe it may be one way or the other, uh, but if Wes Matthews were to miss any time in the first round of the playoffs, not a huge deal, right? Yes, it is. Oh, come yes, on. It it's Orlando. It doesn't matter. We're still talking about getting your game sharp for the next round. True. Yeah, and, right. And, yeah. His, and his his game has not been sharp. He has not made shots. He's played great defense, but offensively, he's been off rhythm a little bit. They all have. And 
yeah, he needs to he needs to play. He needs to get his game at, at the level that's going to be worthy of the Bucks winning a championship. What do you see in Dante DiVincenzo's game to this point? Uh, again, st- struggling a little bit uh, offensively. He's struggling with handling the basketball. He's getting in the paint, and these players with quick hands, active hands, giving him a lot of trouble. He's struggling. Uh, I think he's going to have to watch some tape. And we always tell players, before you get to trouble, when you're penetrating, you should make a play. Either make the pass after the three-point shooters or you shoot your floater. But he seems to be getting himself in trouble in those pockets, especially driving to the middle. I think he'll watch tape and he'll see that he needs to start getting rid of the ball early, as does all the Bucks players. They're all kind of getting in this habit of penetrating where there's no opportunities to score, and they're not making those passes quick enough to those people on the three-point line. Is that is that just a rhythm thing? More they play, more minutes they get, the more they'll be able to get themselves out of this, or is it bad habit? I think it's a habit. I, I, I do know you have to watch film. I know this coaching staff is on top of it. You have to see yourself making the right play. And I think they'll see that, that they put together enough clips. I know I'm seeing it. I know the coaching staff, they know that's a big issue right now. He is Sidney Moncrief. Always fun. We may never, we may not always agree, but always fun to have Sid, <laughs> Sid Moncrief on the show. Man, I always enjoy talking to you. We'll talk again tomorrow night after the Wizards. And if Giannis plays 32 minutes or so, just get ready because I'm going to be mad. So I'm just warning and you I now. I will too. All right, good. All right, we'll be together. We'll be on the same page. Not beautiful. Okay. All right, talk to you tomorrow night. There he is. Bye. Sidney Moncrief on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. I love talking to Sidney Moncrief. All right, the Bucks lose 114 to 106 to the Toronto Raptors. On the other side, drive of the game, defensive play of the game, and your calls. How much would you play these guys the last couple of games of the regular season? How much would you play your starters? Middleton, Bledsoe. Uh, Giannis, he says Bledsoe has to play, has to get and find himself some rhythm. He's fine with Bledsoe playing 30 minutes or so. What about you? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1057FM, the fan. Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. Let's get to eyeing up the enemy. What happened for the Raptors uh, tonight? Leading the way, Norman Powell, Payne in the Bucks side. 27 minutes, 7 of 13 from the floor, 4 of 5 from 3 for him, 3 of 5 from the line, 21 points, 1 assist, 2 steals, 3 blocks from Norman Powell uh, tonight. Siakam only ended up with 14 and 7 uh, from that standpoint. So I guess you got that kind of going in your direction. Uh, Boucher ended up with 25 points, 11 boards, couple assists, couple steals, couple block shots in 29 minutes, 9 of 15, 3 of 7 uh, from three-point range. And Matt Thomas, Wisconsin's very own, just season high, 22 points. He played 37 minutes, 9 of 17 from the floor, 4 of 8 from three, four boards and assists. And again, 22 points for Wisconsin's very own Matt Thomas as we eye up the enemy 
here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz in Milwaukee North, live from the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Studios. Uh, time now to, well, let's uh, see what the defensive play of the game was. Marcus, it seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Yeah, away from Love right at the rim. Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna113.org. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. All right, time now for the defensive play of the game tonight. And always, whenever we do the defensive play of the game or the drive of the game, I always leave it up to our executive producer that night of the show. Uh, And tonight, uh, we leave it up to Sam Schmidt's other side of the glass. And uh, Sam, you got to pick what you wanted. What did you pick? I got Marvin Williams blocking Norman Powell in transition one-on-one. I love Marvin, man. When I see him making hustle plays like this, it just brings a smile to my face. Nice job, Marvin Williams. Not conceding anything. Norman Powell. He to take that himself. George had a really good angle to finish. All right, so there you go. That is a highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. Marvin Williams bringing smiles to people's faces like Sam Schmitz. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that Marvin Williams brings a smile to people's faces, but there's always one. Everybody's got that one super fan, and that is it right there. Like Evan Heffelfinger used to be our, the producer, one of the producers for the uh, Bill Michaels show. Uh, he used to be that way about DJ Wilson. Like he was all about DJ Wilson. And I've been listening to the producer's podcast to see if that's still the case or not, uh, Sam Schmitz. But is he still in, in that DJ Wilson fan club? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but even myself too. I'm, I've been a, like a big OJ Mayo fan before we got oh, him with the Bucks. So yeah, yeah, I know I know you don't like OJ, but oh, it's good. And like you said, everybody's got that random Bucks player that they yes, like. Yes, sure. Yes, and that is that's very true. And random Brewer and random Packer and random whatever the case may be. Yes, that that definitely is a thing. Uh, no question about it. All right, let's uh, let's let's hear from Coach Boonholzer who talked just a little while ago. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit SchneiderJobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Now, I have not heard this. I do not know what was said in this presser with Boonholzer. Again, all on Zoom calls, and we'll hear from Matt Velasquez coming up in a little bit as well. But will somebody bring up the fact that Chris Middleton went back into that basketball game in the second half? And I think everybody in the state of Wisconsin thought he was done. Cindy Moncrief says there's no meaningless game, Sparky. Okay, from a player's standpoint and a coach's standpoint, sure, okay, I'll buy that. But from a big picture standpoint, that game didn't mean squat. It didn't, and that's why they rested Lowry, and that's why they rested Van Vliet. That's what Nick Nurse was doing. And if I was Nick Nurse, I wouldn't play Siakam the next game. I, I wouldn't. And I know there's only eight regular season games. You have to get your rhythm. You got to stretch players out, so forth. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm not trying to get any of my star players that I need in the playoffs hurt. With all due respect to DJ Wilson, if he goes out there and sprains an ankle in a game, nobody cares other than DJ Wilson's family and Evan Heffelfinger. Nobody else cares other than those people. That's the only people that care. If 
Giannis goes out there and, God forbid, has a high ankle sprain or something and knocks him out for a couple weeks, oh, buddy, everybody's going to care. Everybody. So from that perspective, I'm assuming, I'm hoping, somebody asked him about the minutes played tonight uh, for guys like Bledsoe. Well, even Bledsoe. I kind of get Bledsoe because he was out. He missed all that practice time and everything else because of the COVID-19 thing. And all of that. So I, I kind of get that. The Middleton thing, though, he had no reason to bring him back, in my opinion. None whatsoever. Here's Coach Budenholzer after the game. Was that event-based? Was there like a knee that hit it? Or did he just turn wrong on it? Or are you not sure? I'm not sure. I'd be guessing. This is on Wes Matthews. Matt Velasquez. Hey, bud. Um, we've seen a lot of the, the same issues crop up, you know, throughout a lot of these six games, the turnovers, the defense, uh, just, just how do you see things going? Obviously, you know, with, with those things continuing to crop up, those problems continuing to happen, how do you try to figure those out as you guys head towards the playoffs? Yeah, no, certainly um, most kind of probably concerning is just, you know, continued not uh, the effort and just the execution defensively, not being who we are. Um, being as good and um, as committed as we are on that end of the court. Um, you know, the turnovers is something that, uh, that we have to improve. We have to get better. But I think really our thoughts and our focus should be on, you know, how do we get to, uh, to an elite defensive team and, and being a team that's really, really good on that end. And um, I think that will, you know, take some of the pressure off the turnovers and the offense. Um, but until we get better on that end, um, you know, that's where our focus should be. Zora Stevenson. Coach, two quick ones for you. I'm sure there's probably going to be more evaluation, but what updates do you have on Pat? It looked like you really took a hit there. And then talking about effort on defense, I mean, is that something you practice or is that just a choice that the team is going to have to make? Uh, yeah, Pat, uh, Pat, I actually somehow did not see it happen in real time, but pretty obvious, you know, most everybody in the gym and sound like a pretty bad fall. The referees just kind of, you know, pretty much instantaneously stopped play. And, um, you know, he just had to be checked by the doctors. And again, the early reports are um, that he's fine, that uh, he's clear to, to play or go back in. And, you know, but I think we'll just continue to monitor him and see, you know, how he responds and how he reacts. But uh, hopeful that uh, it's just a you know a really tough fall, um, but that he's fine. And yeah, no, defensively um, you got to do both. You know we got to practice, we got to work better. I think I've got to coach better. Um, you know we've got to just you know get get to get to a better place defensively. And um, you know our players, I, th I think there's there's just another level that we can all get to and that we all expect of each other. Kane Pittman. Hey, bud, uh, not to, to belabor the point on that, but there's been so much talk coming in of what you guys would do with these seeding games with the number one seed virtually locked up. I mean, when you talk about effort, do you think that motivation, you wouldn't want to admit this, but do you think that that is, is some kind of factor with the players mentally? And, and are you confident that there is a switch you can flip when the playoffs come around? No, I don't think we ever talk about a switch. I think, you know, we... Uh, we talk about trying to be great every day and improving and getting better every day. And so we got to, got to put our focus there and put our focus on being good defensively. And I don't, you know, there's, there's uh, you have to be very careful when you start talking about effort and it's, it's a very fine line. And, 
Um, you know, I, I think our guys just, it, it's, it's another level. It's an extra attention to detail and both just in, in everything. Um, and, uh, we've got to be better. And I think our players expect to be better. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, the seating games and the standings and all those things. There's, there's, uh, you know, there's some natural things that come into play with that, but I think, uh, what we expect of each other is, is pretty significant. And, um, and I just, you know, I think we all want to push each other to be better. Eric, name. I know the defense wasn't perfect tonight, but what do you think of the job you guys did on Siakam? Yeah, no, I think there are some, you know, some clips or some examples, um, you know, where I think the individual defense, it, it, he's such a good one-on-one -on -one player. He's such an attacking player. So you've got to be good and you've got to be solid individually. So I think we'll find some clips, um, you know, where that was a positive and, um, you know, containing him in some situations, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, there's obviously other guys for them that really stepped up and played really well. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a part of that. He creates for his teammates. And, but I do think, um, you know, some positives in the individual defense and, and effort, um, you know, guarding a really good player. We've talked about George trying to find his rhythm. Did you feel like this was kind of the best he's looked down in the restart? Well, it feels like he got the ball to go in the basket, you know, a few times. He's four for eight from the three-point line, so that helps. Um, you know, and I think, uh, he, you know, he's an important part for us. And so, um, you know, I think defensively, um, you know, he needs to be a guy that's, you know, disruptive and making hits and making, you know, extra, you know, kind of loose ball type plays and then making shots on the other end, running the team, running the second group. So there's a lot expected of George. And, you know, I think hopefully, um, you know, he can get closer and we can all get closer to being, uh, you know, to be better. All right, thanks, bud. I think you guys. Was it a dunk? Was it a key basket in transition? Was it a spectacular play down the lane? It's time for the wrench and go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest priced auto parts around. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. All right, Bucks lose tonight to the Toronto Raptors. You just heard Coach Bootenholzer talk about their loss, 114-106. to 106. And there's a m major difference how Bootenholzer addressed that effort question versus, I'll say, a Jason Kidd would have addressed that. Jason Kidd, they never would have had a chance to even ask Jason Kidd about effort. He would have just said... Yeah, we got no energy. You know, maybe we'll want to play the next game. I mean, it would have been something along those lines. Instead, they ask him about effort. And he's like, well, I don't really want to question players' effort, you know. I mean, I don't really want to get into that. And then sidestepped and talked about something else concerning that. That's the total difference of, of philosophy and approach. One is to go right at the players in the media to try and get your point across. George Carl style, I guess. And the other one is to pat him on the butt, pat him on the butt, pat him on the butt. Don't call him out in the media. Have your closed door meeting, but don't don't make them look bad publicly. They're players. They're fragile. Don't don't make them look bad. So those are those are the two different styles. And the Bucks as an organization obviously felt that Jason Kidd's style wasn't going to work. Uh, and they wanted somebody else going to pat him on the butt and tell him how great they were. And that's why they got Boonholzer. Which is fine. And I'm not saying he does that privately. I'm just saying publicly, 
he's not really going to go at his players. It's just not something he believes in or does, and that's fine. A lot of guys are like that in all professional sports nowadays. That's how it is. But that right there was a perfect example uh, of the difference uh, between, you know, uh, a guy like Kidd or a guy like Coach uh, Budenholzer. All right, drive of the game, also picked by executive producer Sam Schmitz, highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. What do you got here? I feel like this one's easy. We got Pat Connaughton taking it to the hole in the first quarter with a subtle jab by Jim Patchkey. Was it a dunk? Was it a key basket in transition? Was it a spectacular play down the lane? It's time for the wrench and go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and Go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest-priced auto parts around. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. All right, so Sam Schmitz decides it's Pat Connaughton, and uh, we'll hear from Pat Connaughton in just a little bit. So this highlight courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. Both teams have a hard time scoring. Oh, 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 oh. Freeze and ducks. Replacing Giannis in the lineup. What does Dan to say? It's easy to just run around and do this. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> uh, Paschke getting this dig out of James Harden. That's good. I hope somebody plays it for Harden. Uh, all right, let's go back to the folds. Ram Northside, you're next in the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. What's up, Ram? Hey, what's going on, Sparky? You tell me. I, I listened to what you just said about the resting, but I got to agree with Sydney. I'm old school. You need to have No, that just means you're old, Ram. That doesn't mean anything. You're just old. Well, when you say you're old school, that just means you're an old dude. You don't hear anybody 22 talk about their old school ways. Oh, no, no, you can't be a 22. Right, you exactly. Haven't, you haven't <laughs> yes. seen enough. Haven't Correct, seen enough. exactly. It just means we're old when we say we're old school. That's all it well, means. Well, I mean, old school is the term in basketball that's used. That's, yeah. what, that's what we refer to. But what I'm saying is, I agree with Sydney. I just saw a better uh, more athletic, tuned-up team. And you know what I had a problem with? is that Chris Boucher, I remember him in the tournament, NCAA tournament. He's a guy that only averaged six points a game, and he led all scores. That's a problem. So if the Bucks got to face them in the, in the postseason, and a guy like that coming off the bench with 10 to 15 points and, and, and 10 rebounds, that's another big guy that can, that, that can front any one of our bigs. He had 25 points and 11 boards. And 11, yeah. yeah. And a couple yeah. couple block shots. Yep. A guy off the, and then the other guy, the Thomas guy from here, oh, man, come on now. Yeah, Matt Thomas, just crazy. He was, he, he played lights out. So, so But you know what I noticed that Nick Nurse did? He know that the Bucks are shaky with their ball handling. He had his guards picking them up at half court playing straight man-to-man. Yep, and that might be a preview of what's coming in the postseason. If and when you have Giannis Middleton out of the game at the same time and Bledsoe, he may challenge their guards. Well, yeah, well, I'm going to say this. He didn't want to show his hand. Budenholzer wasn't trying to show his hand. But that defensive piece, he had to see some stuff what he had on the bench. Even the guy that fouled out, okay, he fouled out. But I tell you this, like Nick Nurse is not, he's not afraid to go 12 deep. I mean, if you look at this, this game, Sterling Brown better not see the light of day in a playoff series. DJ Wilson better not see the light of day in a playoff series. I doubt Urson is going to see much light uh, at the end of the day when he's out there. But if you only Robin got Lopez, I doubt he'll play much in a playoff series. But if you only got nine people versus 12, how can you balance that out and hope that your, your nine is better than the 12 against the champ? 
They just not the regular the team. Damn. They the champs. That whole champs stuff. Stop. They're they're they're, they're not. Yes, technically they're the champs, they but they're the champs. without their best player. So if the Bucks, if the Bucks win the championship with Giannis so this year, and Giannis is, but just listen. If they win with Giannis and then he's gone next year because he doesn't sign the extension and they trade him, yes, the Bucks are the defending champion, but they're not the same team without us without their I MVP. I don't, I don't know. They're peaking just like they did last year. We almost in that same stage, same scene. Nah. Last year, Bucks was in the first. Yeah, place. they were in second. Uh, one and two, and only difference is I think the Bucks beat them one of them games like before the playoffs. But it just seemed like Toronto got better in the in the playoffs. It seemed like they were gelling better because people don't talk about it. But Kawhi was still laboring. He was he was on playing control minutes in the playoffs too. He, if he's probably better now than he was in the playoffs. If the Raptors win the championship this year with this roster, Nick Nurse is the best coach in basketball. I got a question to ask. Best coach in basketball. That's all I got done. A question to ask you. It's going to make your Middleton people angry and blow up on Twitter. There's not many of those. Care. I want to ask you why is it that Middleton can't carry the team when Giannis is not playing? Oh, he has. They had a great record in the regular season when Giannis was out this year. Not against competition. Well, okay, now you're going to pick and choose who you want to say the competition is. These are games that count. I, this I game doesn't him, count. I want to see him have a 30-point game against a team like this and lead the team. Ram, to the Middleton never should have came back in the second half of this game. He had no reason but playing. Okay, but Sydney said Boothose was trying to win this game. Yeah, I know what Sydney said. I'm telling you, there is no way Middleton should have played that many minutes tonight, in my play, opinion. Though. Middleton ain't one of them dudes. He's not a Bradley Bill or Booker. He's not one of them. No, he's, he's not a, a shooter player, like Booker. No. Yeah, okay. I, I get down with that, but I, I'm not risking getting him hurt because you may not like Middleton. That dude goes down, they're done. They're done. They're well, all done. I'm, I'm not saying I don't like him. I just don't say that what they're trying to put on him, he can't handle. Well, maybe not, but that's they have nobody better. They, they have no. There's no other way to go. Thanks for the call. There's no other way to go. We can sit here and talk all day about how they overpaid him. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. The, the issue is, if they wouldn't have paid him, you had no other option. There was no legitimate option B to replace Chris Middleton with in the offseason had you not paid him. You had no choice. You had to pay him in order to keep this thing together. You had no choice. So you can be mad at the box for paying him all that money. And that's fine, but there was no option B if you were trying to keep Giannis long-term. And if the only way to keep Giannis long-term is him telling people, well, we better go to the finals or I may not come back. If that's what's being said internally, then they had to pay Middleton. They couldn't risk not paying Middleton, not getting a replacement, then either getting into the playoffs as like a 6 or 7 seed, getting bounced in the first round, and then giving Giannis more ammo to possibly leave. They couldn't put themselves in that predicament. They had to give him as much ammo as they could in the next couple of years to try and win this championship. Similar to what a Cleveland had with LeBron the first time around, trying to build that roster to get him to stay and not leave. Now, legitimately, they never thought he was going to leave, and he did anyhow. And they got to a finals with LeBron with the crap that they had around them. They still got there. It's it's a slippery slope, without question. All right, we'll take a quick timeout, come back. We'll catch up with Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal. Sentinel will get you an update on that injury report as well. Straight ahead, and we'll go inside the locker room here from Pat Connaughton. Straight ahead here on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North, live from the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin studios. Who's banged up on the Bucks? Once I felt I could put weight on it, I was like, I had to get back out there. This is the McCormick Law Office Milwaukee Injury Report. 
McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. All right, let's get you updated on the injury report from tonight's game. Bucks come up on the losing end, 114 to 106. Next up, the Wizards tomorrow night. There's only two games left in the bubble. Wizards tomorrow night, and then you have the Memphis Grizzlies. John Moran coming up on Thursday. That game is probably going to mean something for that play-in uh, game between the 8 and 9 seed in the Western uh, Conference. There's four teams currently uh, still in that race uh, to play in that close play-in game Saturday and then Sunday if needed uh, for those two games. And then the playoffs uh, start for the rest of the NBA Monday and Tuesday. So, uh, we'll see uh, how much action these Bucks players are going to get tomorrow night and Thursday. Injury report tonight. Giannis out uh, with, again, having his uh, tooth worked on. Uh, so that's why he missed tonight's game. Uh, Pat Connaughton took uh, a nasty fall. It appears okay. And we'll hear from him coming up next. Uh, and still haven't heard, and I did not hear on that Zoom call, uh, any definitive thing on Middleton. Uh, necessarily. So we still don't have definitive action on uh, an answer on Middleton other than it's his right leg. Uh, he rode a little bit on the exercise bike over there. I don't know if it was a cramp or trying to loosen it up or whatever. Uh, Bootenholzer didn't apparently have much on it either. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see uh, what the deal is on Wesley Matthews uh, going forward. That is your injury report uh, from tonight's Bucks loss to the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Heading into the Bucks locker room to hear what the players saw on the court. Brought to you by the Granville Business Improvement District. The Granville Connection is opening soon. Go to granvillebusiness.org to see how your small business can be a part of it. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. All right, let's uh, hear what Pat Connaughton had to say after this one. Pat Connaughton. 21 minutes, 4 of 8 from the floor tonight in the Bucks loss. 2 of 6 from 3-point range, 2 of 2 from the line. He had 10 of the first 13 points for the Bucks tonight in this one. Only ended up with 12 at the end of the day. 5 boards, couple assists, a steal, and 1 turnover and a nasty fall uh, where it looked like he hit his tailbone and, and possibly his head uh, on the floor and was down for a little bit, uh, got up, and then uh, walked away from it. This is what Pat Connaughton had to say after the game. Pat, I just want to start right there. Just how are you feeling? The hit maybe looked a little worse than it feels, but how are you? Uh, I'm good. You know, I've uh, I hit my head enough times as a kid. My parents can attest to that. Uh, I got a hard head. I can take a hit on the ground pretty easily. Matt Velasquez. Hey, Pat, you guys have had two and four in the first six. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we gotta get better. I think we gotta hold ourselves um, to a little bit of a higher standard. And I think, you know, it starts on the defensive end. And I think we've shown flashes, we've shown halves here and there, where uh, you know we've played the defense that we expect to play night in and night out. Um, but then at other times, obviously, like you said, it lapses in you know offensive execution, turning the ball over, and things like that. And um, you know, I think. Uh, it comes down to, you know, some just mental focus and some things that, uh, you know, we need to start making sure uh, over these next two games, we start to play the Bucks brand of basketball that everyone's kind of come to know, know over the last two years and, uh, you know, get ourselves prepared uh, as the playoffs roll around because um, obviously that's when uh, we want to be at our best. Is it hard to keep that mental focus when you know that you 
have sewn up that number one seed and you know these kind of games are just for getting back into the swing of things um you know I would say that's kind of the uh you know question of any NBA team when they get to this point in the season um in a normal season, let alone one that obviously we're in a bubble during. But, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we hold ourselves to a higher standard and we want to make sure that um, we continue to play the Bucks brand of basketball. And, uh, you know, there's been flashes, as I've said, but for the majority of the time that we're down here uh, or have been down here, we need to make sure we do a little bit of a better job. Eric, name. I'm curious what you thought of a, a couple of your bench mob guys, Marvin and George. I think it have been a little bit slow, but it just really felt like George had his best game of the night and Marvin really got into a nice little rhythm tonight as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, as the bench mob, we got to bring that energy. Um, you know, they put me on one game suspension since uh, I got thrown into the starting lineup for Giannis tonight. But, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure we bring that energy no matter when we're in the game. Uh, and uh, we feed off it for each other. And I think that's the type of energy, intensity, tenacity that we need. And starting on the defensive end, and it'll roll over onto the offensive end. It was great to see George be aggressive. Uh, you know, we need that out of him. And, you know, he's a tremendous player and has shown that, you know, throughout his years in the league. And uh, same with Marvin. You know, Marvin can shoot the ball. Marvin can do a lot of uh, different things on the defensive end. Uh, and he plays hard. And those are the types of things that I think we need to bring to the table every night. Some nights shots are going to fall. Some nights they're not. Some nights guys are going to be open. Some nights they're not. But uh, that intensity and that tenacity that the bench mob kind of prides itself on uh, and the whole team really prides itself on is what we need to make sure we start showing and, and really bring, uh, you know, night in and night out as the playoffs come forward. Malika, go ahead. Todd, is the goal of the next two games just that, to get better on the defensive end or are there other things? And if not, I mean, can you afford to go into the playoffs playing like this? Or is it you have that time, you guys think, early on in the first round to – I mean, we want to obviously make sure we're ready uh, as the playoffs get here. Uh, we don't want to be working on things in the playoffs, but to the same standard or to the same point, um, we want to make sure we get better game in and game out, regardless, learning from our mistakes and things like that. We prefer not to make them, but they happen. And I think it starts on the defensive end. And then I think it starts with, you know, some of the offensive execution, some of the turnovers, some of the sloppiness, those things that um, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage during. And those are the things that obviously we didn't do much of during the regular season, um, you know, up until March. So we want to make sure it starts with defense and then it, it transitions itself into that offensive end as far as not turning the ball over, but also executing what coach wants us to execute. Do you think it's, because, like these are some of the things that we usually see sometimes from you guys at the beginning of seasons for a couple of games early on. It's, it's you guys just struggle a little bit to find your rhythm. Is it just because of the long layoff that that's the pattern that you're back into? It could be, uh, but I think you know, again, it comes down to that mental fortitude, mental focus that coach demands out of us and expects out of us and we need to expect out of each other as far as you know we've been down here for you know a few weeks now. We've played six games. You know we've come to a point in the season where we're getting very close to playoffs and we need to hold ourselves accountable um, uh, as a team, you know, coaching staff, everybody um, on the things that we've shown we've lacked a little bit in the first six games. Kane Pittman. There is Pat Connaughton after the game tonight, after the Bucks come up on the losing end. Coming up next, we'll talk with Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel as the Bucks lose tonight to the Toronto Raptors uh, 116. I should say 114 to 106.
This guy's on the inside. After every game, listen to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show for the latest from JS Online's Matt Velasquez. Brought to you by the law offices of Thomas Marola. Divorce, child custody, or any other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. All right, Matt Velasquez joins us now as the Bucks uh, come up on the losing end tonight to the Toronto Raptors. And look, uh, there was no Giannis tonight. There was no Kyle Lowry tonight. There was no Fred Van Vliet tonight. You lose 114-106. to 106. For me, uh, the the one storyline that I, I was talking about tonight on the postgame show was Middleton coming back in the second half and playing. And, and I, I for the life of me, I'm not quite understanding here. This game meant nothing. Tomorrow means nothing. Thursday means nothing. I realize you have a long stretch until the playoffs start on Monday or Tuesday. I get that, so you want to play some minutes. But in this one here, knowing you may see them in the playoffs, I'm not trying to show anything either. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Bud said after the game that the Middleton, the plan for him was to play, you know, basically a normal game, and the score kind of dictated him to play a little bit less, played about 25. Bud still played 30. Um, but but I think that, you know, they want to get into a groove. They want to be able to play. I, I think I think Wesley Matthews' injury and the fact that, that he was out like a minute or two minutes into the game affected things a little bit. Um, I think there's a value in playing and, and kind of rounding in their shape and, and giving Chris a chance to – to be that guy uh, with Giannis out. Um, but, you know, I, I also understand the argument that <laughs> there's nothing to play for. I, that we've been talking about this the whole time. All these eight seeding games, there was basically nothing to play for the whole time anyway. And now you know um, your opponent. Toronto knows their opponent. I mean, everything legitimately is set for both of those teams. Yeah, everything could be on a collision course for the Eastern Conference Finals, and this game could have absolutely nothing to do with that. Exactly. I mean, in, in, in the short term, this game means nothing. You you can't take anything away from a game with no Giannis, no no Fred VanVleet, no Kyle yep. Lowry. That's not how the playoffs are going to be. You're not going to take anything away from a game that both teams knew that you know they're they're set, they're locked in, they know who they're playing in the first round. They're they're kind of just playing out the string, um, but you still got to play out the string. And you know I think that's the hard thing for Bud is to try and figure out how to how to parcel up those minutes while also trying to figure out how to get his team right because right now they're they're not very inspiring. Uh, no, but again, they probably look at it the same way as the fans do. Of eh, there's really not much here. When the playoffs start against Orlando, then you kind of feel out who you are, what you're going to be, what this is all going to look like. Use that as your warm up to the real playoffs, which will be the second round of the playoffs when you get that four or five matchup. Then, then things start to get interesting in the second round. But I would have to think, as a player right now, you're looking at this going, can we just get, at least get to the playoffs, even though Orlando may not be that good, at least let's get to that point and start really playing for something. And then on top of that, you have, and I know there's people on the digital boards, but you have no crowd. You have none of that that goes along with this. There is no real excitement level in the bubble itself when you're playing the games. So that takes away from all of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if there was a Bucks Raptors game, and granted, you know, it wouldn't have been a Bucks home game like it was today. It would have been at at Scotiabank Arena, and and I have to believe that this happened in early April. Even if the the seeds were sewn up and everything was the intensity you know, level would have been much better, there would still be some yes, intensity, right? Agree. Like, and and I, and I think that 
you know, that's exactly how it could have been. Like this game, you know, as, as scheduled was one of the last games of the season. And I'm, I'm certain the Bucks would have had the one seed by then. Um, and, and so it wouldn't have meant anything, right? But you would you would feel a little bit differently about it because yep. uh, of the implications. And I know that Pat Connaughton said that, you know, and I, I believe that, you know, what he's saying is true. This happens every season. This, this is normal stuff. You get to the end of the season and teams don't have, you know, that carrot in front of them. They're they're done. They're, they're, they're nothing they need to accomplish anymore, especially now where you're not going for 60 wins or any number of wins because the number of games you're playing is so, so many fewer the Bucks can just go on cruise control. Now, the question is, can they get out of cruise control? And like you said, they'll have that whole Orlando series. Orlando has not been playing well in the bubble. Uh, obviously, having Jonathan Isaac get hurt uh, doesn't help them at all. Um, but that should be a matchup that the Bucks should be able to handle if they can get themselves right. And, and maybe that's all they need is, is just to have that carrot, have that that meaning, that purpose. And you know, they'll look like they looked in the second half against the Heat. Tom and Matt Velasquez on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel here on the fan after the Bucks lose to the Toronto Raptors uh, tonight. Corver said after the game that you know he doesn't really believe in switches, that you can just flip a switch on and all of a sudden you're back to where you were before. And that was my kind of line I said all of last year of, I, I no longer get excited when they're down big in the f- first half of a game or they're down going into the fourth quarter because when they decide they want to win the game, they flip the switch and they take over and it's and it's all done. I haven't seen that necessarily as much this year because they've been getting up bigger earlier. Uh, this season, but it, it it sounds like Pat Connaughton might not be buying into this whole flipping the switch thing either. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, of course, that's that's kind of the company line, right? You can't say, oh yeah, we're just kind of hanging out. We'll flip the switch when we're ready. Like that would take a certain that would be of, some swag. Yeah, some swagger, some bravado <laughs> that the, yeah. maybe the Bucks have behind closed doors, but they don't they don't put that out there, you know, in, in the uh, the front facing part of of their organization. They they want to make sure they're in and doing all the right things. Um, I think they believe that, that when they want to play, when they bring it, um, they, they can beat anybody. And and we saw that. I mean, Pat even kind of mentioned it, talking about the Miami game. They played terrible in the first half. And then when they brought that focus, and they used just different words, but you use the focus, intensity, whatever. When they bring it, you know, they, they looked like world beaters. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see when they have their full complement of guys, when they're playing the, the number of minutes that you would expect, when they have that that purpose and meaning and you know that that playoff level atmosphere you know where they where they you know stand and, and if there are issues in that Orlando series then that I think that's the time for people to start you know really thinking okay there there's a deeper issue here but before then let's get to the playoff schedule a little bit I, I don't know if you have any inside information or not but I, I'm interested do we know yet if how this playoff structure is going to work as far as games played because there are no travel days. So you don't really have to have set off days for teams to go from one city to the next or, and, and traveling from night to the next day and all that other stuff. Are they going to play every other day in the playoffs or are there going to be back-to-back games in the playoffs? You know, I, I don't think there will be back-to-back days in the playoffs. I think that's something the NBA would try and stay away from. Um, I don't have any inside, inside, inside information. I just know that I believe the first round is supposed to be over by like August 30th, August 31st, somewhere around there. So that gives you two weeks, um, which would be perfect for, you know, if a seven-game series playing every other day, I think some of it might be dictated by TV and, and how to get the most games on national TV. Do we know if through. there's going to be afternoon playoff games in the first round, like during the week, like we're seeing now for the regular season? I, I think I think there very well could be. I wouldn't be surprised. It's not like there's a, a big inventory of sports programming. Uh, I think you know TNT and ESPN and NBA TV. They're going to want to put those games out there as much as possible. 
Um, but I, I think there might just be kind of a rotation where, you know, half the games are on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Half the games are Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And they kind yep. of just put them out there so there's just wall-to-wall basketball for as long as they can have it. Because you don't have to worry about selling tickets and making sure certain cities get weekend playoff games and all this other stuff because there's no tickets to sell, obviously. And the other thing that's going to occur that I'm very fascinated by Matt Velasquez is now friends and families are going to start showing up here the week before the second round, having to quarantine for that week, I believe. And then we might actually get people in the stands. Yeah. And, and, you know, there are some people there. Um, You know, it's people who, you know, I know like Alex and Mark Lazary have been there. Um, it's the second tier of access. Like I theoretically could go there. Like there, there is media credentialing for people who are outside the bubble. You can go into the second tier. You have no access to anyone. You're sitting further away in your own area. You never get to interface with any players, coaches, staff, anything like that. Where the heck do they put you at a motel six? Where exactly do you stay? So you could stay anywhere that you want, but you just can't actually stay in in one of their resorts. Well, no, if you're not in the bubble, you could stay and a Marriott, a Hilton, a really? Motel Six, whatever you want, and then but you can go, but you are literally not interacting with anyone who is in the bubble, and you can sit further away from. You don't sit with the writers who are in the bubble. You sit by yourself uh, in, in this area of non-bubble people. But so there at, have been some people there, but it's not very many. But you're at the games. Yes, but you can't go to the press conference afterwards. So it's really pointless unless you just want to say you were there. Yeah, no, that that's probably why I'm not going to be there. Right. Um, but you know, maybe if, if the Bucks make the finals, I I think I'd like to say I was there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I wonder what happens if they make the finals. If if they make the finals, and let's say you and, and, and your guy Eric Name are there, right? You're up there all by yourself. Y'all are sharing a Coke or something. And they win the finals. Wouldn't they allow all the media into the locker room at that point because it's over? Yeah. I mean, I, I would hope so. That'd be... I mean, at that point, they're not trying to protect the sanctity of anything other than the players. You know, obviously, people's individual health. Correct. That, that they might be worried about. I think that that's but social still distancing is going to be out the window with whoever wins it. Oh yeah, the, the, I mean, there's not going to be masks in the locker room. No. <laughs> they're not going to be. It's not, they're not going to be pouring <laughs> champagne on each other um, and all that stuff. I think at that point, you, know, you have three months of, of pent up bubble right. uh, emotions, and obviously the championship and. Whatever team wins, they're, they're going to let it all out. And I feel like most teams are going to say, they're not going to say, like, I'm going to Disney World. They're going to say, I'm leaving Disney World, unless you're the Bucks. <laughs> in which case, Robin and Brooke might be like, hey, like, we're actually finally going to go to Disney World. And we're going home back to, because they live on the property itself. Hey, uh, thanks so much, Matt, for coming on, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. You bet. We'll talk to you then. There he is, Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joining us. Uh, let's go to the, are you kidding me, moment of the game. Did that really just happen? It's time for the Are You Kidding Me? moment of the game. Brought to you by Gene Wagner Plumbing. Celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagner.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. Uh, are you kidding me? Moment of the game. I guess you could go with Corver's uh, threes. But that's not really all that shocking. I don't think. I mean, that's what he's on this team to do is shoot threes, right? So I don't think I can go with that necessarily. Uh, I think Pat Connaughton scoring 10 in the first 12, 13 uh, in the game. I guess that would be the are you kidding me moment of the game. Comes in, replaces Giannis, and puts up points like Giannis would on a given night to start a game. So I guess that would be the are you kidding me moment of the game. If you're just tuning in, Connaughton said uh, he's got a hard head. He's fine. Don't worry about him. So 
Uh, he should be good to go tomorrow night if they want to play. Again, it's Wizards. means nothing. Uh, and tomorrow night, a combo postgame show. A combo postgame show. Tim Allen will be talking Brewers. I'll be talking Bucks. We'll be taking calls on both games at the same time tomorrow night here on The Fan. So that should be fun. Dan in Miami, you're next on the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. What's up? Is it too early for uh, Therapy Monday? Therapy Monday? What are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I would. I, I don't know. I'm worried, though. I'm worried really, about uh, what? Well, they haven't looked good. Ah, you stop. Know, I mean, It'd be like saying they don't look good in an exhibition game. Stop. I, I, I hear it. Do you know there's a stat I just read? They're the first team in NBA history to lose more games, or sorry, as many games over the last 13 games of the season as the entire season before that. Hey, tell me the other seasons that had the pandemic that compares. I hear you, but the well, it's not is, comparable. And nobody else okay. has ever been in a bubble like this either, playing in these conditions without fans. I mean, there's nothing, no stat comparable to what happened this year versus any other year in the history of the league. Okay, but so you're not worried at all? No. No, no, no. Now, look, if if they go and they lose, like, two games to Orlando, okay, then I might start getting concerned, yes. But I, I, I fully expect them to sweep the Orlando Magic out of here, them to find themselves in the Magic Series, and away we go. Let's rock and roll and see what happens. Hoochie-coo, hoochie-coo. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that sounds great. Let me ask you about a couple of quick players. Quick, quick opinions. Okay, what what about Dante? I was honestly horrible. He has fallen off a cliff to me. He's horrible. Yeah, he's horrible. No question. He's, and hopefully you don't have to rely. Horrible. Horrible. Okay. Hopefully you don't have to rely on him. I mean that that's all I can say about that. Hopefully you can get by with Bledsoe and Middleton and George Hill and Corver and those guys where you don't have to rely on him in 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 big situations. That's that's what you're hoping for. You don't want to have him have him play. Critical minutes in any playoff game. That's how I look at Dante DiVincenzo. Nice guy. Sure, I wanted him in the draft. They drafted him. Happy with the pick. But at this point in time, unless something dramatically changes, I don't want to have to rely on him with in big-minute situations in the playoffs. I agree with you. Anyway, hoping for the best, hoping there's a switch out there for that. <laughs> they'll be fine, Dan. Just They'll be fine. You're Are you in Miami? I am in Miami. Smile, I've man. You live in Miami. Smile. Yes. I, I know, but I'm a die diehard. It doesn't matter. I've been waiting for 35 plus years, like a lot of uh, your callers. You, know? you had to live I'm through Le- the year. You had to live through LeBron. God bless you on that one. I could not even imagine what that was like. Uh, I agreed with you. That's why I'm a Bucks fan, not like the uh, bandwagon fans down here. No doubt. Thanks for calling, man. Stay in touch. Sure. There he is, Dan in Miami, checking in here uh, on the fan. So. Just relax. Just just everybody take a breath. Of all people to tell people to relax, it should not be me. Everybody just relax. Like, just take a step back. Are, are there reasons to worry in, about certain things? Sure. The lack of defending your three has been an issue forever. Forever. I said, Jason Kidd, I had somebody text me after I said that. And you go back to Scott Skiles and talk about that too. So that's been an issue with this organization forever and a day. And if a team gets hot from three, they're going to lose the series. Okay? But outside of that, barring that doesn't happen, this team is in good a good position to win a championship. And start getting all worried about a game that Giannis didn't even play tonight. Two main stars for the Raptors didn't play. 
People are talking about lack of effort by the Bucks in the postgame. Reporters asking Boonholzer about lack of effort on the defensive side of the floor. And we're worried about what's going to happen in the playoffs. Come on. There's going to be... Look, if if we're talking about lack of effort in a second-round playoff series or in an Eastern Conference Finals, then there's something more wrong than we actually realized this entire time. If that becomes a topic on this radio station, on this postgame show, at any moment in time in the playoffs. Go back to what LeBron said over the weekend. I read it on the big show, too. I read it during the postgame show. That, that dude pretty much just said, hey, I hope you love basketball because... Those are the guys that are here in this bubble. You have to really love it because there is no extra motivation. There is no extra excitement to get you going in game situations because there is no atmosphere at these games. There is nothing. And like we just talked about Matt Velasquez, if this game would have been played in Toronto, like it should have been with a packed house, there would have been more intensity, more effort, more energy. It would have felt bigger. Instead, it had a feel of an exhibition game. To me, at least. I, to you, maybe different. To me, felt like an exhibition game. Didn't feel like anybody was really going all that hard. We'll see. Wizards game? Yeah. Oklahoma City? I'm real anxious to see how Budenholzer is going to manage that game from a minute's perspective for his players. Specifically, Giannis. Because that's going to be a big game for the Thunder more than likely. And if it is a big game and you're not going to play till Monday or Tuesday, you can really you know, run Giannis a bunch of minutes knowing he has off Friday, Saturday, Sunday for sure. And it's an afternoon game. So and Thursday night to rest those legs, get refreshed and get back out in the playoffs. You can really let him go if you so choose. I wouldn't. We will see uh, what they decide to do uh, at the end of the day there. And to me, that's something that is very, very intriguing to me uh, to see how this whole thing plays out. And don't forget, when the Bucks win, you win with the Wendy's new breakfast. When the Bucks win, stop by any participating Wisconsin Wendy's for a free sausage or bacon biscuit or a free small frosty chino with any breakfast purchase. This offer is only good for 24 hours after each Bucks win. So act fast. When the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. That'll do it for the postgame show for tonight. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tune us in after Bucks games. We've been doing this thing since 2007, so we've been we've been doing it for a while. And uh, the playoffs get going. Everybody can relax and realize how good this team is. 114-106, Raptors over the Bucks tonight. 8 o'clock start tomorrow night. Bucks and Wizards will be on following that game. Along with Tim Allen, who will be talking about the Brewers. We'll be talking about the Bucks. It'll be a bunch of fun talking about both games tomorrow night. Don't forget, Tim Allen is on tonight. That game, Brewers-Twins game going to the 8th. Twins are up 4-1 to one in that game as it heads to the 8th inning at Miller Park. Bayview, Shade and Blind post-game show with Tim Allen. Uh, after the last pitch, you make the switch like you've done for 15 seasons right over here to the fan. Enjoy the rest of your night, CBS Sports Radio. Enjoying that in progress. Up next, Toodles! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.